and welcome back to the FPL Lounge. It's been a while, but we are back with our Game Week 22 preview off the back of a very exciting FA Cup weekend. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the Maidstone United fans to my West Bromwich Albion fans. It's Andy Case. Uh, you know, if we're going to talk about passion in football, then we definitely saw it from uh, from from yeah Maidstone's non-league supporters. But yeah, some really bad scenes at, at Wolves West Brom today. I mean, I, I, I just throwing West Brom under the bus, but um, but yeah, we, we, you know, Wolves equally culpable from kind of what I'm what I'm reading. But yeah, so let's focus on the positives. And obviously, the uh, the big cup set this weekend was a uh, to the detriment of of of, of your team, but. Um, I guess it's one of those. I was out last night with an Ipswich Town fan, uh, listening to the pod, and uh, yeah, I think it's just one of them where you've just got to say fair play. You know, we dominated the game, had a lot of chances, and keeper pulled off some some worldies, and that's cup football. I mean, it's exactly that. Yeah, like Ipswich will probably scrutinise their own performance and think they could have finished a bit better and maybe played a bit better, create a few better chances but they they had enough decent chances to to win the game and some decisions going against them and um you know like you say yeah keep a keeper on form so football is a is is a sport of like random variables a low scoring sport as we've spoken about before and so that the you know these things can happen and that is the quintessential magic of the fa cup isn't it it's why we love it so yeah one of those things absolutely yeah yeah and uh yeah i'm you know, as a Colchester fan, George Kobe didn't quite come through our academy. He was, uh, I think we signed him from like Dulwich Hamlet as a, as a teenager. But but yeah, he became a cult hero very quickly with with, with us. And yeah, it's nice to see him take his first steps in, into management. But but yeah, I think the way I sum him up is that I, I don't think I've ever loved a player that was so bad quite as much as George Kobe. Like generally speaking, you know, you like your good players and you, you tend to dislike the bad ones. But George Kobe really does buck that trend for me and yeah obviously somehow he was terrible and managed to get a, a move up the leagues but yeah even on his return when we were on the decline and absolutely so with Ella Kobe's legs he was still bad um so yeah but he did score an absolute worldie from uh yeah from well outside the box on on his left foot pinged it in the pinged it in curled it in the top bins but yeah defending defensively just legs had gone everything had gone but you know he still commands a a dressing room and uh, the fans love him because you know he's the first one to kiss the badge and you know give us the fist bump after 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 the game. So you know everyone's everyone loves loves them sort of players, don't they? I mean, yeah, they fans typically do. Um, they they say that creativity is a sign of like intelligence, right? And so you know you can take this as a compliment that it's surprising how often you we manage to shoehorn chat about Colchester United into a podcast about the Premier League. Do you think do you think you would do EFL fantasy? Oh, I guess I guess you wouldn't be able to do EFL fantasy, would you? It'd have to be like A division, so like championship fantasy. I mean I'm, I'm sure it exists somewhere. I vaguely remember doing I think one it does. many yeah. years ago. Um but yeah, I guess I guess it's just it's so much more difficult to have to be across the teams and the players and that's it you have to have a real interest I think a lot of you know you can watch a lot more I mean I suppose you know you'd have to sign up to the different um team player things of all the different teams but um uh you know you can see more of the games potentially and they often have like you can flick between games in it well I'm talking about particularly in the championship on certain midweek nights can't you they have like a fair few of the games on the red button on sky um so yeah, maybe there's probably more you can watch, but but no, I mean, it's it's hard enough keeping up with the the stuff that's in the mainstream, right? Sometimes, so beyond that would be very difficult, I think. Yeah, taking the deep cuts of uh, of, of English football is uh, yeah increasingly difficult. But ultimately, you know, we you know, you know obviously from a Premier League point of view, you are a, a Man United fan, but you know you've always been Ipswich as well. Um, and uh, and yeah, obviously I'm. Yeah, Colchester are my only team, really. So, uh, so yeah, you've got to shoehorn them in where you can because you know there's no, you know, there's no uh, East Anglian football podcast. Although I think if there was one, I think we'd be very good at doing it. Um, but I think that we'd have, we'd have to talk about Norwich, and I mean I wouldn't like that, but you absolutely wouldn't like that. So, um, I mean, I can talk about them, just you know, not very nicely. So yeah, yeah, or or and you know, don't get me wrong, I think that 
nine times out of ten, you're incredibly um, objective. I think when it comes to them, I don't think you would be. I think you'd struggle to be objective. Yeah, I think I probably would. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, well, anyway, let's crack on with uh, with FPL and with the Premier League. Uh, yeah, it's been a long. I think we've only done one pod uh, this side of this side of the new year, given. Uh, the winter break and, uh, and 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 various obviously other things FA Cup uh, weekends too. So yeah, plenty to catch uh, to catch up on. But also uh, yeah, should be back into the rhythm of things now. It's uh, you know, we're hurtling towards towards the business end of the season. As always on our shows, we'll start by running down this week's fixtures and we'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points or maybe this fortnight's talking points. Uh, and there are plenty of things to discuss. Uh, we've got a very similar radar, having said that, to game week 21, but we will go through it again and maybe add a few more things. Uh, we will be swinging against the tide of this game week, and we'll finish as we always do with captaincy. And who the heck is that? Let's start then by running down those all-important game week 22 fixtures. Your deadline for this game week two is Tuesday, the 30th of January, uh, at six o'clock UK time, and that's because we have uh, the first fixture of game week 22 is Nottingham Forest hosting, uh, hosting Arsenal. Uh, then we've got uh, four more fixtures on that Tuesday. They start with Fulham, Everton, and Luton, Brighton, uh, at quarter past seven. Uh, sorry, quarter to eight, and then at eight o'clock. We've got Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, and then 50 minutes after that, Aston Villa versus Newcastle United. Really staggered fixtures on that Tuesday. On Wednesday, 31st of Jan, we've got Man City, Burnley, Spurs, Brentford, and Liverpool, Chelsea. And then on Thursday, the 1st of February, got February already, West Ham versus Bournemouth and Wolves versus Man United. Great stuff, Andy. So, yeah, it's been a fortnight, uh, or probably over a fortnight since we uh, recorded a a podcast uh, and I think in the talking points of that pod we said we are going to know so much more once we get to the game week 22 deadline and indeed we do know a lot more and I think there will be even you know, more things that, that are, are going to come out namely um, you know AFCON uh, and Asian Cup progression uh, ahead of ahead of the deadline but before we get the chance to record and also a couple more FA Cup games uh, that may determine uh, you know, the likelihood of, 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 of blanks uh, further down the line. Um, but what we do know at this point is that we do have a confirmed double game week. Double game week 25 will feature the rearranged Man City and Brentford game, which uh, which was postponed because of City's participation in the Club World Cup. We, we also believe, but it's not confirmed at the minute, that we're likely to get a Liverpool-Luton double in that game week as well, uh, because they are both blanking in game week 26. Uh, because of Liverpool's participation in the Carabao Cup final, and the, another blank in that game week will be Chelsea Tottenham. I guess the Liverpool Luton game, Andy, is more we have to that needs to be sort of squeezed in sooner because of Liverpool's participation in in Europe, whereas Chelsea and Tottenham can have their rearranged fixture later in the season. Um, and yeah, of the FA Cup round four this weekend, which means round five uh, is on the horizon, and that draw has been made, but we're going to get start to get blanks. Uh, in game week 29 so at the minute only two fixtures in in game week 29 are confirmed um but yeah on based on the probabilities and uh i guess the betting odds so far of progression in the fa cup um uh, ben krellin who we've referenced several times on this podcast already is sort of estimating about five blank fixtures uh, in game week 29 which means that you know at the minute looks like at least 10 teams uh, won't be playing in that in that game week. Um, I think we're going to save the strategy chat, Andy, for perhaps further down down the line. But there do does seem to be a couple of um, a couple of I guess strategic sort of strands that you could attach yourself to. But yeah, once we know a little bit more about about game week 29 and and, and some of those uh, some of those fixtures, things will perhaps come a little bit clearer. Um, but I guess the doubles and the blanks that we do have on the horizon. We know about them. We've got sort of three or four game weeks to plan for them. Um, so yeah, there's a. You know, I guess we've got to start thinking about them uh, front of mind before we start thinking about game week 29. Yeah, and obviously with Liverpool, the particularly awkward situation of like Liverpool and Luton actually um, doubling in 25 and blanking then in 26. I guess that's one that's going to be yeah more immediately on people's on people's minds there. Um, and whether you usually people probably wouldn't want to be thinking free hit in a in the in the Carabao Cup final week because there's eight fixtures so still you'd hope plenty enough but if you've tripled up on Liverpool beforehand that's your whole bench you're going to have to use up on Liverpool players and is the rest of your squad strong enough if you're um if you're 
thinking about like dead ending what they describe as dead ending which we can get into more like you say in future weeks but dead ending into what will be the big blank in 29 then maybe you can afford to free hit in in, in 26 and that's your way around the the um the liverpool situation but then you lose the opportunity of, of free hitting in a potentially high upside double game week later on down down in the season so yeah um lots of things to think about uh, ahead yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, uh, you know, on AFCON and, and the Asian Cup, I, I guess there aren't any sort of major headlines in terms of you know, players coming back to, to the Premier League early because they've been knocked out, I guess, the FPL big hitters. And I guess when I'm saying that, I'm primarily thinking of uh, of Mo Salah, uh, Human Son and Karen Matoma, I think, at the minute. You know, they're, they've all progressed through their group. Uh, obviously, the big, the big headline there is, is that Mo Salah, um, he returned to Liverpool from Egypt duty to, to be treated for injury. Um, Liverpool said, you know, three to four weeks. I think that was you know, roughly a week ago now. Um, but yeah, I think there is still some hope from the Egypt national team that he will will return. Um, but it doesn't seem like Liverpool are as optimistic. And then that is maybe going to put him in doubt for that double game week in, in, in 25. Um, I guess broadly, he's always recovered pretty quickly. He's a pretty, pretty fit fellow. Um, but yeah, one to keep an eye on. It doesn't seem as though the uh, you know, the the very obvious plan to get Salah straight back into one's team as soon as he's back from Afcon, um, you know, maybe is, is going to quite play out how how so many would have thought. Yeah, um, it's the it's almost like the thing you've got to work out. The problem for your team is is similar, but you but for different reasons right it's not like he's it's not because he's going to be away at AFCON it's because his injury is more serious now so in some respects it doesn't really actually make too much difference for what you're considering for your team you're you're thinking about it, it we will you will in terms of the probabilities Egypt weren't necessarily expecting to make a semi-final so yeah the which is roughly the timeline for Salah being expected to be back from the injury anyway so um whoop. Harland hasn't come back as quickly as people think. That's thrown a bit of spanner in the works. Um, Son, you know, is likely to be back around a similar time. Trent's doing well at the moment. There's some high value. KDB's come back and started doing well. You know, there's some high value players um, and not at many spaces in people's teams. So um, whilst the decision doesn't necessarily have to be taken right now, if you need money freeing up, you'll have to do that potentially in game weeks leading up to 24, 25, and there aren't many of them left. So it is something you've probably got to think ahead to. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess there are, you know, I think even when we recorded last time, there were a lot of flags. And obviously the fact that, that, that the last game week you know, took place over a fortnight and it does mean that there are plenty of uh, of injuries that seems to have been recovered from. You know, just thinking about Liverpool, you know, Trent was on the bench today. I'm not sure if he got any minutes off the bench, but I think he might have done. Um, Andy Robertson did get some minutes off the bench today. So Liverpool seemingly back to, back to full strength. Um, Jared Bowen, I think, was on the flag. He's no longer on the flag. So, uh, yeah, been been plenty of time to time to recover, which, uh, which yeah, is going to give managers maybe some selection headaches or, or plenty to think about when it comes to transfers ahead of this game week and which leads us nicely to our radar uh recurring theme i guess andy that no no one on the center of our radar this game week but we do have a couple of players on the mid-range let's start with the one uh, that was their last game week and that's purvis estepinian and um, brighton seventh for expected goals conceded in their last four which is a little bit better than last time we spoke and is a little bit better still from um, earlier in the season ultimately this guy has uh He's, he's returned what three times I think since his injury, two clean sheets and uh, and and a goal. Um, but ultimately, Brighton also have some really really favourable fixtures on the horizon. And uh, yeah, he's looking like a you know, maybe not essential, but yeah, there aren't many defenders with with his level of upside at the minute, are there? Not really, no. I mean, we, I think yeah, we we said we said quite a bit on him on on the last show, albeit that was quite a while ago now. That fixtures looking fantastic for Brighton, top over the over the medium term, really on on the, the ticker here that we're using. Europe doesn't start till a bit later for them. Um, yeah, that they've 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 they're not fantastic in terms of expected goals conceded, sort of mid tableish but their numbers have improved and, and ultimately they've got good fixtures, so that gives them a better chance of having clean sheets. He's got unbelievable upside. In, you know, for the level of upside he's got, being at only around about five mil, that's 
really good value in, in current terms of, of, of FPL defenders. So, um, yeah, lots in his face. Probably one of Brighton's more nailed players as well when he's fully fit, isn't he? So, yeah, lots of lots of advantages to, to go in with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's, uh, yeah, 5.1 million at the minute. And he's 27% owned, but I think we're going to assume that there's going to be quite a few... Um, quite a few dead teams uh, in there, Andy, I think, because, uh, yeah, he was quite a popular game week one. Um, yeah, game week game week one signing. So, so yeah, I think a lot of people would have got rid of him for, throughout his long injury period. Um, Brighton have signed a left back in the transfer window. So maybe that's something to, to monitor. I think he's very much more of a project. I think he's a football manager wonder kid from, from, from Boca Juniors, I believe. So maybe one I mean, to keep an eye on. But, but basically, then I mean, I, I didn't know that. But basically, like the 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 two years ago of Estepinian when they sold Cucurella for sixty mil to Chelsea, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like no, it's uh, just classic Brighton, like succession forward, planning. Succession basically. planning, yeah. Unfortunately, Kieran McKenna supposedly is the top of their manager list for succession Indeed. planning, Indeed. which is not is what I've read, which is not ideal. But yeah, yeah, fair, that, fair they're just well. superbly run, aren't they? They are, they are, they are. I mean, you can see Deserby being quite high on the um on Liverpool shopping list if they don't presumably go after Zabulonso and, and, and land him. So, uh, I mean, that's something that I guess we could have maybe mentioned in the in the talking points. But, yeah, it's not exactly a managerial sacking that affects FPL in the here and now, is it? But, yeah, obviously Klopp announcing that he's leaving has uh, got a lot of uh, lot of Liverpool fans crying their eyes out, uh, which, you know, is maybe understandable. But um, Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, Xabi Alonso seems absolutely just completely nailed on for that job. And, I mean, if he leaves, it's the perfect time to leave Bayer Leverkusen winning the league, right? You break yeah. the Bayern Munich, what has it been, decade-long stronghold on the title there. And, I mean, it just seems too perfect and set up, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and and as you as you said in the text to me over the weekend, nice stepping stone to uh, to Real Madrid in the long run with Ancelotti just signing a new deal as well. Doesn't mean that that's necessarily uber open in the immediate term. Um, let's move on, Andy, and let's speak about another player who is on the mid range this game week from the fringe last week, and that's Richarlison. Um, I think we kind of ummed and ahed about whether to upgrade Richarlison from the fringe to the mid range, but basically his numbers are very good you know he is second in the game at the minute for non-penalty xg in his last six does have some pretty good fixtures on the horizon as well particularly in the next in the next four does blank in 26 which maybe would give you some sort of pause maybe not a uh, a long-term um uh, yeah long-term asset but i guess you know if you own julian alvarez you're not going to go straight to harland which i assume a lot of people will when he returns but if you own julian alvarez his minutes are going to get limited by KDB's return and, in theory, Haaland's return. Ollie Watkins' underlying number's not that great. Dominic Slanky's really dropped off too. So, you know, Richarlison's there, but, I mean, I've said all of that. He's listed as a midfielder in the game, isn't he? So, that's basically completely pointless. Um, well, not, not necessarily completely pointless in the sense that you've still got to move, use your mu- use your money somewhere, right? Like, obviously, he's not going to, you know, you're building up towards there, filling a forward slot maybe, but so he's not going to do that. But um, I think if you can you know if you're if you're thinking about having um yeah like the, the, you can compare players across position right and if you're looking at particularly uh, Solanke's fixtures and Watkins underlying numbers at the moment like Richarlison's kind of possibly beating them on both those those factors so you can uh, the, the point being I guess you play five midfielders right and you free up the money and have a set of dud like third striker basically yeah, yeah. Cameron Archer comes back into thinking or something along those lines, I guess, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess also, you know, uh, with the blank game week in 26, but also, I guess, Som returning from, from the Asian Cup at some point, maybe this is a short-term one. I guess, you know, Richardson was playing up front with Son on the left, um, I think, for a couple of game weeks, at least, before Son, before Son went. Obviously, Tottenham have signed Timo Werner, but I guess there's question marks about whether he's going to be first choice going forward James Madison returning as well so maybe you know the, I guess they've got a lot of forward options when Son comes back you've know, got Son, Son Richarlison, Madison, Kulisevsky, Brennan Johnson, Timo Werner all in that sort of rotation so you'd imagine Richarlison's um, expected minutes could go down but for now they feel quite secure so if you are going to do it it does feel like now is probably the time before the blank and before Son returns um, but yeah um, ultimately I think we had to have the guy that's second in the game for non-penalty XG um, on the mid-range of our radar, especially given those fixtures uh, in, in, in the next 
in the next four. Um, I'm just going to try and dig those out. Yeah, Brentford at home, Everton away, Brighton at home, Wolves at home in the next in the next four for Tottenham. So yeah, pretty reasonable reasonable before before that blank. Um, let's move outwards, Andy, to to the fringe. And uh, again, let's start with the player that was here last game week, and that's Esri Konza. Um, still good fixtures for Aston Villa. Still good underlying defensive numbers for Aston Villa. And still a very affordable price. So there's really little to dislike about Esri Konza. And I'm still looking at my team at the minute. I have, I guess, disengaged from FPL over the last fortnight somewhat. Um, but I do currently have three defensive flags. They're not orange or red, but if I am looking for a defensive transfer this week, Esri Konza is um, probably, I already own Esripinian, so, you know, him on the mid-range is, is, is kind of irrelevant. Esri Konza's got to be a pretty popular one. Yeah, I mean, I think the go-tos at the moment have to be, a, I'd always advocate a City defender and an Arsenal defender first, because they've just been consistently the best underlying numbers defensively over the last 18 months, right? But then when you go past that, obviously stuff like Estepinian with with his fixtures and his ups, attacking upside. And then like Villa, they, they, they are up there at the moment in terms of the, the, having good underlying defensive numbers, um, second for XG conceded over the last six games, second best that is, but but also then decent fixtures as well. Like um, you could view Newcastle and Man United in the next three uh, as as potentially tricky, but the 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 fixture ticker that we use certainly doesn't um, because recently they've not been fantastic. Those two teams and both those fixtures are at home for Villa, so um, yeah, that, that 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 helps. And then in between, uh, you know, around that they've got Sheffield United, Fulham, and Nottingham Forest. So um, I think. You know, even if you only had three out of five decent clean sheet opportunities in the next five game weeks, that's good for a 4.5 or 4.6 million defender. But when you've arguably got a decent roll of the dice for clean sheet in every single one of those next five, that's um, that's definitely worth thinking about for your team. It is. It is indeed. Uh, I guess our addition then to the radar this week is is Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, we mentioned him in the anyone else last time out, but then we did swim against bringing him in in game week 21. Um, obviously, he ended up getting two returns. Uh, I still stand by the fact that our decision to swim against him, especially given that a lot of that was based on his likelihood of being on the bench. And he was on the bench and just played 20 minutes, but City were obviously chasing the game and he came on and changed it somewhat. Um, only making the fringe, Andy, here. And I think that in seasons gone by, a fit again Kevin De Bruyne would absolutely be higher on our radar. Um, but still feels like an expected minutes risk. Ultimately, was was still a sub in the uh, in the FA Cup uh, game this uh, or this weekend. City so have a lot of players in those attacking spots, and obviously KDB is also another year older, coming off you know yet another injury. I just guess we're just not convinced that we really really want to part with with all of that money, even though he is I guess cheaper than he's been in FPL for for a number of years. Um, I guess also to, to to what extent would you say that like the need to get Salah back in at some point and the need to get Haaland back in at some point is is is, is maybe influencing that he's not that high on our radar at the minute? Yeah, they're they're definitely factors, and and his his minutes risk both in terms of um, his sort of uh, re-establishment in the team and fitness wise and whatever, but also just generally obviously City rotate and there's Europe coming up and and all that kind of thing as well but I think it's it's whilst they whilst particularly Salah and Son aren't aren't going to be returning for the next two or three there's definitely a case for you could have KDB in your team and and then make a decision later down the line when you when you need to because the upside is is so high with him and I think we I think we said the, the way we could kind of legitimize or validate are like um having him on the anyone else but also swimming against him was mainly the the needing to see how fit he was type thing right and we've we've seen that he could come on and change a game a couple of times now since he's since he's come back in, in both newcastle in the league and, and and spurs in the in the, in the cup so um you know he's 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 in form for for as much as you can say someone who's had two sub appearances is in form um and and even if and he's shown that even if the plan is to use him as a bit of a finisher, uh, someone who ends the game rather than starts it, he can have huge impact off off the bench. Um, you probably want more than 
a 20 30 minute gamble off of someone for that price so maybe that's a downside but i think it's likely he, he starts doesn't he in, in in some of the games at least um i guess the risk is as you've raised a few times if he doesn't start and then city are comfortable either he what isn't risked and doesn't come on or he does come on and he's there to retain the ball and not necessarily try risky passes so um I guess that does still bring the expected minutes in, but that's, as you say, why why he's out, out, out there on the fringe. I think as the game weeks go on and you've got the X-Min's risk and Salah and Son returning, that's where he, he might drift a bit. And But I think he, he, on the balance of risk versus upside, you know, it's it's reasonable for him there to, to, to be on the fringe. And uh, uh, fixtures, we almost forget this with City because they're so good regardless of fixtures, right? But it has to be said, like, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Everton at home in the next three fixtures before you then starting to worry about the Salasons returning. If there's a time to capitalise on him, I suppose that that's potentially it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess even after that, Everton's fixtures, they've then got a home double and then it's Bournemouth. I mean, City have a lot of games. I think they have more games than basically any any other team. Um, I think their only midweek break that they've got is in between 23 and 24 because they don't have a a cup replay but but yeah you know their, their next couple of midweeks i mean this is a midweek game week and then they've got a, a midweek break before copenhagen then the second game in their double then Luton in the fa cup then copenhagen again it, it is you know we're, we're going to see city rotation this is the time that, that that you know usually they get their their proverbials together and and, and start really sort of turning teams over um, and De Bruyne is going to be heavily involved in that, I would say. But but yeah, he isn't going to start every every game, and I don't think you can even necessarily kind of expect him to not start the cup games. I think he's probably going to start in the Champions League and, and maybe then get sacrificed early or be on the bench for for, for maybe some of some of the easier Premier League games. And uh, yeah, so I think we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And I think that is kind of why he is very much on our radar now because we know what he can do, and he is in theory. You know, fit fit to start from 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 what Pep said, but Pep is still using him, you know, maybe smartly or sparingly, depending on on your opinion at the minute. I think therefore, um, I think the fringe is is the appropriate place for him. Um, anyone else, Andy, for to, that's not quite making it on the radar, but is worth a mention. And that, yeah, I think we're going to start with a start with a couple of Liverpool players here. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a little bit more than anyone else, isn't it? It's it's also kind of like a an explanation of why these two players in particular aren't on our radar because we certainly did consider them quite quite a bit and that and that is is Nunes and Jota right like the two when Salah's not there those two get the most opportunities for Liverpool by an absolute long way and the fact they've got a, a likely double coming up in 25 and and um you know have been scoring lots of goals recently there's a lot of people bringing those two players in and so so why why are we not getting on them um you could argue maybe they they shouldn't even be on anyone else because if you are going to bring them in, you you kind of want them in before you're worrying about about Salah coming back, don't you? But I mean, it is Chelsea and Arsenal in the next two, so it's not quite so much of an opportunistic time as some of these other players we've we've spoken about. But I think really, like the upsides are clear that they both at points play through the middle um, for Liverpool and and get chances, albeit and this is where the difference between them comes. I suppose the underlying numbers are infinitely better for Nunes. Jota has been you know, getting the odd chance and has scored quite a few goals, but his underlying numbers, really, he's not getting many chances and he's not getting huge ones. So that's what he costs 7.9 mil. And that's what sort of whole, if he, if he had anything like even say half Nunes, underlying numbers, I think knowing me, I'd be absolutely all over it. Right. He was, he's often been on the radar for us in his time at Liverpool. And, um, but the underlying numbers are kind of so poor that, Despite the fact he looks good, I just can't bring myself to do it, although I can see a lot of punts happening on him. And I'm, I'm even tempted myself, which really goes against my usual way of playing. But yeah, they're, they're kind of so low, you know, kind of in the range of, I think, something like not even one non-penalty XG in his last six matches or something. So yeah, it's, it's not fantastic, despite like three goals in that time. And Nunes, almost the other end of the scale, right? One of the highest XG accumulators in the game has been most of the season, actually, but just consistently underperforms them, you know, misses. And, and we've, we've said with other players before, Bamford, Jesus being kind of the main ones, that if you don't score as many as you're supposed to, but you still get an absolute ton of chances, you know they can still be a decent FPL asset, but his his underperformance is so 
large and has been for such a consistent period of time now it makes him really quite untrustworthy doesn't it and then when you add in the kind of rotation the fact he's not always the one playing through the middle um there's just a lot of red flags there for me yeah i completely agree i mean his his um sort of xg delta is is better than it was a game week ago because he scored twice in the last time out against bournemouth but before that you know he was basically operating at like five five goals off an XG of like 8.8 this year. I mean, that's quite an underperformance as, as Andy's saying. And, you know, he took his goal, he, t- he took his goal well today, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've just seen this movie before, been burned too many times from by, by Darwin Nunes. And, and yeah, Jota would definitely be the one that I'd be more inclined to take the pun on. That said, and kind of, you know, alongside my, um, Sort of Richarlison slip up earlier. Darwin is is a forward in the game, and I think that gives that gives him a little bit more appeal. Because um, yeah, you know what with Watkins underperforming and, and and Solanke dropping off a little bit as well, I feel like a, a forward transfer is is more tempting at the minute. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever bring myself to to, to do Darwin. Um, and yeah, I I've said this to you off air, but I'm going to say it on air, so it's you know fully on the record. I think you're going to take a Diego Jota punt this game week, um, but I've been wrong. You know, you are you 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 are usually sort of head over heart, but I, yeah, I, I can see you getting tempted into it because he's a player that that that, that you like a lot and has you, know, you you know he's a good finisher and and yeah, his minutes feel obviously with Salah out um, more secure than 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 they have been and then, yeah he 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 is in good form so. So yeah, I can I can see you taking it, but I guess it just depends on on, on you know the wider composition of your team. Um, we mentioned uh, Alejandro Ganacho last week, Andy and the anyone else, and we're going to mention him again this week. I mean, he just seems to be, I guess, United sort of in form forward at the minute, whether that's Newport County in the cup or 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 in the Premier League. He's he's playing pretty well and 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 he's getting chances. Still, ultimately, also very affordable. Um, but maybe just not quite enough for the radar. Is that maybe because you just still don't trust United? That's definitely the main reason. He seems to appear, um, the underlying numbers are not anything particularly off the chart, but just obviously I watch a lot of United and he always seems to have goal and assist chances in every single game. He's basically a nailed on starter right now um, at 4.8 million. And, and yeah, so that's why the eye, the eye is still kind of staying on him in, in terms of anyone else. It, you know the fixtures are, are reasonable for United over the next few Wolves, West Ham, Villa, Luton, Fulham, the next five. So um, there is still time to keep an eye on him without having to worry too much about jumping on on it on it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I, no, nothing more to add. To, obviously, as you say, you you watch way more of him than I do. But yeah, he is uh, he's quite a quite an eye catching player, I think. Uh, let's leave it there. Let's take a quick break, and then when we return, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So swimming against the tide this weekend. We haven't done many of these this year, but let's uh, finish by, well, let's start by uh, by wrapping up last week's swimming against the tide, which was Kevin De Bruyne in. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I've already kind of said this. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a whoops because he did ultimately end up getting two returns, but equally he, uh, you know, he he played 20 minutes. Uh, it's like if you'd have told me before the game that Kevin De Bruyne was going to play 20 minutes, I, I I wouldn't have brought him in, and I stand by the decision to swim against it. Really, I get the fact that City were chasing the game absolutely helps him, um, helps him you know play some of those passes and and, and be a bit more further forward. But had City been two 0 up and they and they played 20 minutes, uh, I think he would have just stroked the ball around the midfield and not really done much sort of in the in the, in the attacking third. So so yeah. Um, yeah, he's obviously on our radar this week because he's you know, got another fortnight of, of of fitness in him. Um, but yeah, last week I just I I, I I didn't understand the decision and those that took the risk you know ended up looking smart but lucky I'd also say. No, I'd agree. I mean, in the in the, in the cold, you know, 
the simple analysis is that it was bad to swim against him. But I think, yeah, the point, the bigger point here is he played 20 minutes and that was our worry, right? Is that like, if he, if you're going to bring him in and spend 10 plus million on a player and they're only going to get 20 minutes, like, do you really want, even though it's KDB and he has high upside, do you want to take that gamble when you could just wait and see and then maybe bring him in like later down the line if, if, if he kind of looked decent. So yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think it's a fine decision. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I was looking at the tie this week. Uh, is also a player that featured on the Anyone Else segment of our podcast last game week, and that is Ivan Tony. Um, I mean, I guess to some extent, I'm kind of still keeping an eye on him, but uh, fourth most transferred in player. Yes, okay, scored on his return. Uh, you know, the foam gate or whatever it's now. Dubs. I mean, maybe it shouldn't have, shouldn't have stood. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But fourth most in when you score from a free kick and don't really generate anything else. I st- I'm still really worried about Brentford in general. I think again, I said that on on the pod last week. You know, Tony is a, a very very important player for them. Maybe they're the most important player for them, and 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 maybe they'll start to look better with him. But you know, there's still no Vissa. There's still no Mbwemo. I think Mbwemo in particular is probably. Brentford's second most important player, and I think arguably their third most important player is usually Rico Henry, and he's also you know, not not playing. So, and this is quite a, quite a weakened Brentford side at the minute. And then just couple that in with the fact that they've got the worst fixture run, maybe that we've seen from any FPL team or any Premier League team in quite a long time. I mean, they've got a double, and they're incredibly unappealing still. Uh, like, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, we've got another thing is that. Tony's expensive. Is he still what the third most expensive forward in in the game, Andy? I think it's seven point nine mil or eight mil now. Like, yeah, I I just don't know why anyone would would be doing it. I mean, I guess they are doing it off the back of a goal last game week, and obviously he is. You know, he's got very high expected minutes, and and can he score goals? Yes, of course he can. But I think there are better forwards in the game, and definitely better forwards with a far better fixture run than Ivan Tony. Yeah, I mean, he's on pens. He starts if he's fit, which, you know, he, he looks like he is. Um, so that's what, what you're getting. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, just to read out that, that fixture run over the next like seven or eight game weeks, I mean, this is awful. Spurs, City, Wolves, then Liverpool and City in a double, West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal. It's, it's really not ideal. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but Brentford have been known to be creative in the past against all kinds of teams. Like you say, they're a bit weakened at the moment. They haven't been at their most creative and they're in the bottom half of the table for XG created in the last six matches. Um, like I say, Tony did not really accumulate anything against Forrest and, and, you know, his team scored three goals. Um, so it's not ideal for him that he got 0.1 XG in, 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 in a game where his team scored, scored three goals. So I, I, I give him the price. I think, yeah, there's it's a it's not impossible that he gets a few goals in, in the upcoming fixtures despite them being difficult particularly when he is on pens but it's a lot of money to spend on on, on someone where there's a lot of like risk factors there i think yeah yeah absolutely I, yeah completely agree but yeah however much i like him as a player and i think broadly i'm higher on on, on tony than you i just i just absolutely do, absolutely do not understand the desire to take a punt on on, on him uh, at, at the minute um, I think it, I think that, you know I, I think you, you mentioned Andy that you know, the fixtures are so bad at the minute that they're going to turn at some point and maybe they'll turn without getting into strategy conversation maybe they'll turn around when you might be looking to play your wild card I think absolutely then it'll be very high on a radar maybe he even go as high as the center I don't know I wouldn't want to predict that at this point but but yeah but at the minute just is yeah I'm one that I'm very comfortable steering very clear of um, let's move on to Captain Z Andy and I guess this is going to be a slightly tricky one because we're not still not quite sure on Erling Haaland's availability. I think Pep, last time we heard from him, said that he was very close but not close enough for City's game against Tottenham in the FA Cup. Obviously, they play Wednesday this game week, which was, what, four or five days almost after after their Tottenham game. Um, so there could be enough chance for Erling Haaland to be fit enough to start. And if we do hear from Pep, before uh, in a press conference before this fixture, and he does give any positive updates on, on Erling Haaland, then you know at home to Burnley, he feels like the most obvious captaincy option, maybe or maybe one of the most obvious choices of the season. That said, if he doesn't go, Alvarez, Foden, KDB, 
Kyle Walker, any really City asset could really uh, you know fill their boots against against Burnley, you know, a team that have again improved slightly, I think, defensively in recent game weeks. But I think that seems to be more down to maybe a slightly easier fixture run. Um, yeah, City home to Burnley. I mean, Haaland or another just could go wild, really. Yeah, exactly. And, and equally, if if Haaland doesn't, if you hear that Haaland from from Pep is, is kind of definitely still not quite there, then then Alvarez becomes becomes a, de- a very good option again, doesn't he? So um, any attacking asset that you've got for City, yeah, like say probably probably good. It's a difficult week. It's a difficult game week. There's it, particularly if Haaland and KDB minutes are expected to be like mixed. Even if they start, they probably don't play much more than sixty. Those two players. So uh, you know, often defenders do come into it there. And 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 City have been playing a relatively regular back four recently. I think it's been like uh, Walker, Diaz, Ake. Guardiol pretty pretty consistently hasn't it so um yeah one of that one of those isn't isn't a terrible shout by by any stretch um home to Burnley you you know as good an opportunity for a clean sheet as you're going to get so um that yeah a lot of, whoever is in your team for City if if you if they've got a good chance of starting then 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 armband for sure yeah, absolutely. I think so. Uh, the the last words from Pep, I think that that we've got on this, we'll give him three or four days. Hopefully, against Burnley, he can play his first minutes. I mean, that maybe implies off the bench, but yeah, we'll see. And hopefully, we will we will hear from uh, from Guardiola before uh, before the deadline. But obviously, we're not going to get any sort of leaks because uh, the deadline is Tuesday and City play on the Wednesday. Um, if you want to avoid Man City, Andy, then I guess we've picked out two other reasonable options, both forwards um i'll let you start with whichever one of these that you want to uh well i think in a in a turn up for the books i might lean more towards picking richarlison here um just because the underlying numbers for once for him have actually been pretty decent um they're at home spurs to to this brentford team um that have been that have been conceding chances not an extortionate rate but you know fairly consistently across the season um, and he's going to play through through the middle so um, you know we, we said last game week I think it was when they had United that that he can absolutely score against this United defence and and he did just that so um, I can't remember exactly where in the in the numbers he's he's appearing in terms of the underlying expected numbers in the I last six games second for non-penalty XG I think um, as as that was it yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely up there for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's unusual for him. I'm still not obviously 100% convinced on his finishing, but he's getting chances and he has scored goals recently. And it's a tricky game week for for selections. So, um, yeah, I, it 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 could be a lot worse than yeah you know, for him. Absolutely. So I guess the, the the other kind of option that we're that we're maybe putting out there is Ollie Watkins. Yeah, he does not have very good underlying numbers in his last couple of game weeks. I think in his last four, he's got less than one xG. Um, having said that, obviously this season he has you know pretty much hit his hit his underlying numbers, especially his his xG. He's severely outperforming his his, his xA. But, but yeah, xG's been you know been okay, and and he has he has returned. I think in previous seasons he's kind of been. Maybe um, maybe prone to, to running a little bit cold, but he's kind of been on, on the money so far so far this year. Um, but he's playing Newcastle this game week at home, who have the worst underlying defensive numbers in the league by quite some distance in the last six uh, six games. Uh, you know, they've got an XG conceded in the last six of of nineteen, which is a pretty outrageous number. I mean, over three XG conceded uh, a, a game on average uh, is is yeah definitely well worth sort of siding with the forwards that are playing you know you know those teams. I think Kieran Trippier is maybe an injury doubt as well. Um, I, so so yeah, I think there's a yeah a couple of yeah we don't feel very high on Watkins, but we're definitely high high on any forward that's playing the Newcastle defence at the minute, and therefore you know I guess maybe maybe the, the latter outweighs the former. Uh, there, so so yeah, but I'm I think I'd agree with you. If you're not going to go for a city asset, I do quite like Richardson this week, and uh, yeah, I'm I think I'm not sure what sort of transfer I'll be making this week. Whether but if it does end up as a midfielder, I think I would be quite tempted by him in general, especially as he is uh, so high on our radar. 
yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And also, like, uh, if if you get news about Haaland, then you can probably free up, free up a fair bit of money for going for someone like Richardson. He's still fairly cheap, about seven mil, is he? So if you're downgrading yeah. from a from a say like a Salah or whatever, there's there's money that can be freed up there. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's leave it there, Andy, and let's finish as we always do with a little game we like to call "Who the heck is Stat?" Uh, each week, Andy and I take it in turns to pick a player from the FPL universe that must be owned by five percent of managers, and the other person has to guess who it is. If they guess it after the, their first clue of five, they get five points. After their second clue of five, they get four points, and so on and so forth. And each time they hear a new clue, we have the opportunity to stick or twist on our previous guess, uh, so we don't reveal the answer to the end. So you can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. Um, if you have listened to Who the Heck is Stat in the last couple of game weeks, uh, you'll know that Andy Case has managed to pull two five-pointers out of his backside um, in consecutive game weeks as well. It's like I guess we, we, we kind of stopped the... Yeah, I'm not sure why you've done two two in a row. I think we kind of we took a break didn't we, over Christmas and then restarted, and it just so happened that I think I had the time to write the clues. So... Here you go. So yeah, two uh, an unprecedented ten pointers in in I guess two consecutive games of who the heck is that? And yeah, having been behind pretty much all season, and he now leads by seven points, which is um, some might say long term listeners might say uh, normal service has resumed. Um, and yeah, having as I said earlier on the, in the pod, sort of disengaged myself from FPL, I don't feel very confident that I'm going to close the gap severely here, but. Uh, you know, God, God loves a trier, and trier will. Well, look, I mean, we, I have played one more game than you, right? Sure. So, yeah. so some of that is, and 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 we've been averaging like two of about three points per per get. So, you know, even if you hit the average, you're you're back within striking distance of me, right? And and also like, yeah, two back to back five pointers goes beyond unprecedented i think it'll just like never be repeated i mean largely because we don't play back-to-back game weeks usually but even yeah, yeah. even then even if it was back-to-back of your own games five pointers it's just um i think we have done it i think i think in the first in our first full season i think we did have back-to-back five pointers but it was like you got one and i got one in consecutive weeks i don't think i think i feel like maybe there's been a, a nine pointer back-to-back from you before but but yeah i mean yeah, it's the big, the big ten. I mean, imagine if you made it fifteen. Imagine if you made it. I mean, I, 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 at that point, my laptop's going through my seventh-story window, mate. So <laughs> like, there, there will be no. I problem. mean, it looked like it was close to doing that after the last one. So it's yeah. also difficult that like you just have to just try to not not smile and give it and give it away. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, you know, channeling my inner my inner traitors, uh, I think for. Uh, yeah, when I'm yeah really trying not to not to give it all away on screen, but ultimately that that does confirm to me that yeah I think I'd be pretty terrible at that game. But and it turns out I'm pretty terrible at this one too. So uh, <laughs> without further ado, I'll I'll let you uh, do clue number one. Okay, let's let's begin then um, with clue number one, and it is this player's second season in FPL, and they're on for their highest ever finish. Who the heck is that? Uh, okay. Um, uh, who would that be in terms of? teams that was their second season we've got obviously three newly promoted so is it must be Brentford's third now I think and Fulham back in the league for two maybe maybe it's Fulham second but highest ever finish from them it could be like a I don't even know I think their most popular FPL asset will, will, will be Leno and obviously he played for Arsenal so leads me towards a signing in the last couple of seasons, um, Forest don't think they'll have many eligible players. Arsenal second season, uh, who would we be looking at there? Um, Saliba maybe. Highest ever finish? Yeah, could be. Probably did quite well last year, but yeah, don't don't hate that. Um, feel like it. I guess their their major signings were, were were Premier League sort of regulars, weren't they? In the in the summer, so yeah, uh, that's that's a good one. Fulham already kind of dismissed. Everton doesn't feel like they're going to have many on for a highest finish. Luton, I don't think they've got anyone that will be their second season unless it's like Nakamba. Brighton could be a thing. Estepinian, it feels unlikely that he'll be on for his highest finish given the amount of injuries. You've got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Thank you. Um, who else could be, maybe be at Brighton's Mark Evan Ferguson, maybe? Yeah, could be. 
Um, I think I need another clue, mate. So I think I will I will go with Saliba. Um, yeah, please. Thank you. Okay. Well, yeah, you've got 10 seconds, so we'll have to go with that. Uh, clue number two. This player is one of only five players in his position to have had a price rise this season. Who the heck is Stat? Wait, <laughs> repeat that for me. This player is one of only five players in his position to have had a price rise this season. Who the heck is Stat? So out of a whole position group, only five players have had a price rise. Is that correct? Is that, is that okay? Well, that rules out. Surely that rules out defenders and midfielders because surely more players have had price rises. I mean, I feel like that rules out. I mean, just off the top of my head, goalkeepers that have had price rises would be. I mean, Ariola, definitely. Um, I think Leno probably has had price rises. I feel like we've spoken about Neto. He's had a price rise. I mean, that's three straight off the bat. Surely there must be more. I mean, okay, so that would lead me to to forwards. Um, but surely more forwards have had price rises. I mean, what? Watkins is not his second season. I'm just looking at my own team. Like, Watkins... Uh, is it Julian Alvarez his second season? Has he had a price rise? I think it is his second season. Hmm. That uh, would be tempting. Um... So, if it is a forward, Forrest probably not. Arsenal, Jesus, kind of feels doubtful. Well, definitely not his second season. Fulham, no. Everton wouldn't be DCL. Brighton, oh, we did, I did say Ferguson, didn't I? I wonder if it would be him. Don't feel like it. I mean, Jal Pedro would oh, would be his second season. Did he play in the Premier League with Watford? Had price rises. I think he's had drops as well, though. Hmm. Uh, Villa wouldn't be Watkins, I don't think. Or oh, Isaac. You got thirty seconds. I guess it could be Isaac. It would be his second season, wouldn't it? Oh, I've given myself quite a few options there. Um, City. Let, let, let me just let me just clarify as well because I think I've read this wrong on the FPL website, so I'll okay, give you some yeah. more time as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. But it's not necessarily have had a price rise, but yeah. price is higher now than when they started. Okay. Because yeah, that... the column they've labelled as price rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like a net they rise, actually yeah. mean net rise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, but it says that it's number of price rises, right? Yeah. But it's not that. It's net. So one. So I guess that means it makes him one of only five players in the position to be net higher than when they started this season. Yeah, that makes that makes that to be fair. I'll give I you think, another minute maybe. Oh, I, 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 I maybe another 30 seconds is, is fine just because I think that I assumed that because I think having done the clues before you kind of just 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 do, don't you? Um yeah, I I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still not convinced I know who it would be. I think maybe some of those players that I just mentioned would make sense um You've yeah i think seconds, alvarez or isaac i think of the two that, that that stick in mind i think alvarez is probably on for his highest ever finish I, and i guess isaac would be would be two although he's had a few injuries this year um well, the first clue was second season wasn't it and on both sides of yeah I think Alvarez is seven mil. Is that a price rise? You are coming up now to have having had the extra minute. Yeah, I'll, I'll, go, so... I'll go with Isaac, please. I'll go with Isaac. Okay. Clue number three, then. This player is top five owned in their position. Who the heck is that? Okay, well, that makes me think it isn't Isaac, because I don't think he's that high owned. Um... Sorry, did you say top top five owned? Top five owned, correct. Top five owned. So I assume if it is a forward, which I think I'm I'm pretty confident it is, if it's not, it's a keeper. So the top 
five owned forwards must include Ollie Watkins, who it can't be, and Erling Haaland, which I guess it it could be him. Why have I forgotten about him? Second season, would he be on for his highest ever finish? That feels less likely. Okay. Isaac, I don't think he'll be in the top five owned, but then I, I mean, Solanke, I guess, is probably in the top five owned at, at, at the minute, and it won't be his second season. So that does lead me to Alvarez, and I think, I think I had a cheeky look earlier, and his ownership was like thirty-ish percent, which I assume would be the top five. I think who else could be there? Like you've got thirty seconds. I'm guessing like Cameron Archer is probably n- near the top. Might well be his second season, but like he's not on for his highest. Or maybe he's on for his highest ever finish. He probably hasn't had price rises, or maybe he has had. Pro- oh, I don't know. I think I think I'm going to have to stick between Isaac and Alvarez, but I'm very tempted with that ownership clue to switch off because I just don't think Isaac's going to be in the top five owned. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Julian Alvarez, please. I'm gonna switch to Alvarez. Okay, you, I'm gonna have to probably take that because you're at two minutes. Yes. No, that's fine. Stick, stick with stick. No, switch to Alvarez. Okay, switch to Alvarez. Clue number four. Then this player is top five in the game for XG. Oh, that now makes me think it isn't him because he's famously not an XG monster, is he? Top five in the game, so is that I guess that would be any position is that any position? Yeah. Yeah. So Harlan's gotta be number one. Surely. <laughs> is Darwin Nunes number two, I guess is my question. Um do I think that that Julian Alvarez is top five in the game for XG? Yeah, could be. Also might not be. Oh, I don't know. I don't know at this point. Salah's got to be up there. I guess it's going to be dominated by penalty takers, this, isn't it, really? So Harland's Salah... uh, Cole Palmer's probably up there. But Al- Alvarez doesn't take pens, does he? I don't think. <sighs> he's played quite deep and he's a good finisher and he doesn't generate loads of numbers. You've got 30 seconds. But Isaac's had injuries, so it doesn't make me, make, lean me towards him either. I'm very tempted. Yeah, I'm going to have. I'm very tempted to switch, but I'm going to stick here. I'm going to stick with Julian Alvarez, please. Okay, you sure you got ten more seconds? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna stick. Thank you. Okay, sticking with Alvarez. Clue number five. Then, if you combined this player with his teammate with whom he shares his minutes, they would by far lead the league in xG. Right. Is that is that uh, is that alluding to to to, to Harland, or is it? Isaac alluding to Wilson. Have you done this on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) I've been arming and arming between these two players since clue two. And every clue I've had, in my head, it could be either of them. (sighs) Right, okay. Uh, If if Alvarez right if if Alvarez is in the top five, which I'm still, I'm still not 100 percent sure on, but like say he is, then give it combine him with Harland and he and he walks it. Do they share minutes? I guess you could argue yes, but it's not as obvious as Isaac and Wilson. Like we've said, probably use the word they share minutes regularly on the pod. 
so that would tempt me to go to switch back, which is going to be a real kicker because I think I, I mean I means I would have lost like three points. But I guess at this point, if I think it is him, one point's better than none. But this is a real pickle because basically I'm just thinking at this stage it's like do I go with it based on the semantics of the clue? Well, that's where I'm at, and I, I think I'm going to have to because they do more obviously. I think in terms of our pod and just general football discourse. They share minutes. Alvarez and Haaland have played together a lot this year. Isaac and Wilson don't. Partly because of injury, but also just because, yeah, I, I'm going to have to switch. Oh, if it's Alvarez now, then, yeah, laptop's going through the window, mate. You have 30 seconds. I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to Isaac. Two, right, let's go for the clues with Isaac before I do that. Two seasons, yes. Highest ever finish. I think that would be that would be the case. Um, price rise, don't know. But yeah, it would make sense. Uh, top, top five, five XG, yeah, could position. be top five. Yep, yeah. feels borderline, but okay, maybe. I think the last clue just leans me towards him. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going to switch to Isaac, and I'm going to hopefully take one point, even though it could have been four. Well, <laughs> it, trying to say this in the most plain way possible without trying to rub any salt into the wound off the back of two five-pointers to then go and achieve something we've spoken about many a time but never has actually happened on the pod to get someone to switch off mm. a player and switch back to them in a heartbreaking fashion. The answer is Alexander Izak. Yes. Um <sighs> He, uh, I, I mean, I hadn't deliberately designed it to, to uh, finding two players that were so similar, but that just worked out quite fortunately for me. I mean, you were you were right there, the bit where it kind of went a bit wrong for you in in the Alvarez is not in the top five in the game for XG where Isaac oh. is. Um, it is Alvarez's second season as well. Um, he would be on for for his highest finish, higher than higher than last season. Yeah. Um, so I guess that that fits him he is not uh actually though someone who is on a net price rise either so i mean i guess he probably has had price rises this season but he's not on a net price oh yeah oh yeah actually yeah, he must be yeah yeah sorry because he's on seven mils so i thought i assumed but no he he, he is yeah. on a net price rise um at seven mil because he started at 6.5 so yeah he does fit that one as well so basically he kind of fits all of them except for the top five in the game for, for yeah him. yeah so so, Although, so, so Isaac is top five top five own forwards is he? he is top five own forwards wow. yeah he's he is fifth in that though um it's it's at the moment Watkins actually ahead of Haaland really? it's wow. it's Watkins Haaland Alvarez Solanke Isaac yeah um, I think actually looking at Isaac's numbers in terms of XG and points, like he did, he he came in in January. He was a January signing, wasn't he? I think he so, got a hundred yeah. points last season, um, and he's on seventy-eight so far this season. Off of you know, so he got hundred points off fifteen hundred minutes, which is about mm. half a season's worth, right? So you know, he was on two hundred point pace last season. Yeah, yeah. He's not far off two hundred point pace this season. He's an he's just a I think. I don't think we've spoken about him in those kind of terms, but just an under the radar, fantastic Premier League fantasy Premier League asset, right? Yeah, if you, um, start, if you started week in week out and like he was always fit and Callum Wilson wasn't on the scene, then I think he's, I think he's the best value forward in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but when I spotted that he was top five owned forward and top five for XG, they were sort of you know slight like mm. in that perfect realm for when you put in a. Uh, who the heck is stat clue together right because it's like just about believable but a bit yeah, surprising yeah. as well oh, so that is so kicking though yeah never mind it is what it, i guess yeah you have to kind of take it at this point that if I, I one point's better than none it would have been none if i was stuck with alvarez but yeah, yeah, and I feel a bit guilty about the botched clue as well, but I don't think it's necessarily that that, that threw you. But yeah, that was no, just, it, I it, got it, confused it there by the 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 thing. It was it was net price rise rather than the one that definitely pushed me more towards Alvarez was was the ownership clue because I just didn't think that he was that Isaac would be in the top top five owned owned forwards. I mean, it was a bit of luck that I'd looked at Alvarez's ownership and seen that it was very high, but that yeah, that solidified that for me. And I think owning Alvarez, I think I, I, in my head, I didn't sort of articulate this, but I'd made the mistake that, that, that you'd done. I think I knew he was 7 million and therefore assumed he hadn't had a price rise. 
but I thought back to an early conversation I think we had when we put him on the radar when Harlem was injured, which was that he he started the season at six point five million and that was and then that was outrageous. So I was like, oh well, okay, yeah, he must have had one then. So so he fit that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't necessarily convinced that Isaac had had a rise either. But it turns out, it turns out he had because I think I owned him when he took a, when he took a fall. So anyway, there we go. That's, I'll take the point. Um, but yeah, that is it. That, that is going. That is going. That's going to come back to haunt me later in the season. I can just feel it now. Anyway, let's bring this one home, Andy. Uh, if our managers and listeners have any questions ahead of what to do or about what to do ahead of game week 22, how can they get in touch? They can find us on X or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And yep, um, I would encourage, this is rare that this happens, but I would encourage warm words towards Chris this week. Um, he, he, yeah, he needs them. We, 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 for the sake of the show, we want who the heck is that to be competitive. The past three weeks have been particularly bruising on the, on that front. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really have. Um, but equally, I think, I, at least I hope that they're, that they're a good listen. Um, yeah, do also remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, and Andy and I will be back ahead of game week 23. It's going to be quite a quick turnaround for us, but I think we're going to try and get recorded on Wednesday, which means we won't quite have taken in all of game week 22. Uh, but yeah, can I try and get recorded on Wednesday ahead of uh, Game Week 23 kicking off on Saturday? For Andy, until then, thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs> <laughs>